0: What's up, everyone? My name is Justin Odisho. Welcome back to my podcast. Today on the show, we have Eric. He goes by the name of the College Picker on YouTube and Instagram. I've been following his channel for several years, and I wanted to bring him on because he's all into thrifting. We're going to talk about thrifting, buying, and selling stuff on different platforms like eBay, Facebook Marketplace, um, and also he makes videos on YouTube as well on a variety of different. Uh, lately, he's been getting into printers, um, but also in his travels and in, in his thrifting adventures on what he's buying and selling. And I think it's interesting because uh, Eric right now is sitting at about, I think like 20 or 30,000 subscribers, right?
1: Yeah. Just about to cross over 30 within the next month or two.
0: Yeah. So it's, um it's not like one of those, sh- it's not like a typical interview where the person has like hundreds of thousands and millions of subscribers. They're making their full income off videos. I think this one's going to be interesting because uh, the way that you're using YouTube and um, incorporating making videos with a bunch of other interest and in kind of side things you do. And I'm assuming that, well, I guess why don't we just break into it? Thanks for coming onto the show. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Am I supposed to
1: look at the camera? Am I supposed to look at you? Like no, just is... look at me. It's
0: fine. <laughs> it, it looks better, actually, if you look at the person because uh, it's weird. I, the first one I did, I was like looking at the camera and I was like, this looks weird. Um, but I hope to be able to
1: bring something to your audience, regardless of my small subscriber count and my lack of creative, uh, skills on Adobe.
0: Well, I think, uh, well, actually I think you're definitely gonna, and I think that is what's going to bring value because not everyone can relate to people with a hundred thousand plus subscribers. And I actually, I mean, I've been following your channel for a while. And you, I was so surprised. I got a, a notification that you subscribed and I was like,
1: this guy <laughs> has to do like the sub for something. Cause you had it, I think like 200 or 300,000 subscribers at the time. I was like, you're either hiring somebody from India to go sub and unsub, or you have some sort of program or something. I am like, why would this guy, I think I had maybe like four or 5,000 subscribers at the time.
0: Yeah. Well, I just, uh, I also enjoy thrifting and stuff. Then but, it made uh, sense. Yeah. But I think, um, regardless of like the metric count, you've, you have been making videos and uploading them for Oh, like what? A decade? Oh gosh, yeah, close to it, and finally
1: getting traction after maybe like sixty-seven years of like nothingness.
0: Yeah, so I definitely think you. you there's a ton we could talk about, but yeah, trial and error beyond belief. <laughs> well, why don't we get into like why why you started YouTube in the first place? Some of your first videos are talking about making money online and and using eBay. It's it's gotten so popular now. I think that yeah but it seems like you've been doing this for sure. A so yeah, back in the day, there wasn't really a community around me
1: that sold anything or like it was the flip. There was no art Reddit flipping or any community. There was no Instagram community really. Well, I don't even think Instagram was around actually back in 20, was it 2011, like it, maybe. Yeah. It's, something like it that. was
0: just starting. I feel like.
1: And just no, having no community, I wanted to just kind of try to put stuff out there and be part of something. And I think there was maybe like five or six guys on YouTube that were like posting videos. Um, and we would just chat in the comments about the finds. And I actually ended up meeting some of them in real life, and I'm still friends with them to this day. So finding that sense of community is kind of like where it started. And just seeing like, I don't know where it would go, I guess It was a little bit of documentation, but I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. So just kind of throwing
0: it out. Yeah, so like uh, you started, well, how did you even start like buying and selling and reselling and thrifting and whatnot? Cause that seems like it came even before making videos about it.
1: Yeah, so um, like back in college, undergrad, the parking situation on campus was like so expensive and crazy to, to find a parking spot was difficult. And then the cost for parking per semester was like 250 bucks or something. But I noticed like the motorcycle parking was always empty. It was always super close to class and the parking permit was only 40 bucks a semester. So I like told my roommates, Hey, you want to like go get our motorcycles licenses and get bikes so we can commute to class. Like they, I did more research, like they get crazy good gas mileage and it's just, I don't know, you're young, you are you feel cool riding a motorcycle or a scooter or something, I guess. So we went and did that. I bought my first motorcycle. It was a Ninja 250. I think it was late 90s um, or maybe early. Yeah, it had to have been late 90s. because I got it for like a grand off of Craigslist. Back when Craigslist was like the only place to go to before Facebook <laughs> marketplace offer up, there was no offer up, let go. It was all Craigslist um, scams and <laughs> filtering through all that stuff, so I bought a motorcycle, rode it around for a couple months, and then um, did a little bit of work to it myself, and then sold it. and I ended up making a profit on it. And I was like, really, like this 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 thing I bought from a marketplace, put it back on a marketplace, I use, and I made money off of it. So we started doing motorcycles, uh, buying, flipping motorcycles uh, at our like little residence of, and it was like a shared household with a garage, and we would fix them, like from forums, reading from forums about problems and Yeah, I was going to say,
0: how did you become a mechanic? Yeah, there was
1: no YouTube back then with uh, all the how DIY, how-to content. Just there was no arc, like archived anything other than forums. So I would just read forums and trial and error and learn like little things here and there. And once you have a, a foundation, you can kind of figure out a lot of it just off of that. And we would flip motorcycles over and over again. And then I moved to go to pharmacy school and I was on the second floor of an apartment and no longer could, uh, buy motorcycles and put them in a garage. I had to kind of figure out something. So I started going to like thrift stores and garage sales.
0: So, uh, did you have, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you're paying your way through school and whatnot. Uh, you went to school for pharmacy technician or what was it? Pharmacist. Oh, pharmacist. Yeah. Okay, most so people
1: you... think it's pharmacy technician school. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's yeah. the uh, thing, I'm a licensed yeah. pharmacist in Florida and Texas now.
0: Okay, so I, that's interesting because I wanted to get into like you started flipping this is kind of how I got into buying and selling too. like when I was in college, I just I was working part- time and I needed or I, I always enjoyed it, but uh I would buy and sell clothes just for fun and to make some extra money. So was flipping did it turn into your f- like full time working through college to pay through college thing or? You I, I went it?
1: loans. I didn't have a job. I didn't have uh, parents' money or anything. So I took out student loans. Um, I had scholarships for undergrad. So it was kind of like fun money for undergrad. And then once I went to pharmacy school, I had to start taking out loans um, yeah. just to pay for the tuition. Tuition got more expensive. And then the uh, all the scholarships got exhausted. So it was more of like fun money rather than like paying through my way through school. So I graduated with like over $80,000 in debt after interest and everything. Something like that.
0: Yeah. I think I saw a post on your Instagram about that. You finally got debt free. Yeah. It was, a was huge another mi- thing Huge I milestone.
1: Yeah. I, I recommend it for anyone that's, that has a uh, student loan debt or credit card debt just to try to get rid of it because it's a huge, huge weight lifted off your shoulders. Like when you don't have to make those payments and you're not making somebody else rich.
0: Yeah. The other thing, like besides there's so much we can get into because like thrifting and um i feel like it goes along with like finance and kind of this um i don't know frugal is the right word but no, yeah the, the whole lifestyle. frugal movement
1: frugal is <laughs> cool now so it's okay to say
0: frugal well and i don't think it's a bad word but what would you describe it do you do you consider yourself like uh i don't know like these people like the zero waste people that like uh the finance space people or like the well there's the, there's the fire people like the retire early yeah, yeah, what does it stand for
1: F- financial independent retire early retirement yeah. early. early but then retirement. there's also
0: like um people who are like really just environmentally economic like the- zero waste people
1: I-, I wouldn't say i'm like on the either side of the spectrum like completely i do enjoy the fact that it is good for the environment it's green uh already the carbon expenditures have already happened for the produced goods and it's giving a a home but it's also really nice that you're saving a bunch of money doing it too so it it, it really is like the best of both worlds for it
0: yeah um and vintage stuff is cooler honestly
1: oh it really is it's built better like the styles are better there a lot of times the materials are like nicely worn in and the prices are amazing if you're getting them for like the low low but if you're paying the vintage ebay prices then you're gonna be paying dropping uh hundreds if not thousands of dollars on certain shirts
0: yeah well because you have these so let's talk about actually thrifting then. Oh, you, you, you said fun money. I think that's really important, whether it is something I had the same sort of epiphanies, like when you're working a job for money, you know, you're working hourly and it's like it's definitely not fun money, but uh, you might work three times as hard for half as much money. But if it's doing something that you enjoy, there is something that clicks in your head that's like, wait, this is free money. i remember that's what happened with me like um i don't know i I think i was selling some photoshop designs or the first time i just like bought and sold something just like stuff that was that i would do for fun it it would be less than me working but it feels like free money so i want so let's talk about like after you got into thrifting more how was that like was it did you have to learn what was the learning experience like? So this was
1: pre super smartphones too. So the uh, the learning curve was pretty bad. Like I would buy stuff and then bring it home, and find out that it wasn't as valuable as I might have thought it was, and have to either break even, take a loss, or donate it back. Um, but yeah, it's it's just trial and error, figuring out, doing your research um, beforehand or while you're at the stores. We would call. I had a friend I would call when I was there, and he would look stuff up on eBay while I was at the store. Sometimes if he was free. And it's just like a huge learning curve with all the brands you worked at Nordstrom. So you probably had a huge catalog of brands in your head from just seeing and racking stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't hurt. I was also just into like weird niche Japanese brands and stuff. Oh, so you would probably kill it in denim. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I was, what it was happening was like, I liked this cool, like Japanese brand, but it was like too expensive for me. So I would scour the internet and find like, such a good deal that i could buy one for myself and flip some well what brand is it just random brands that you know there's there's other arbitrage that you can do online like where you could find something that's like 70 percent clearance because it's like turquoise blue or something <laughs> and they're selling it because it's like i don't know last season
1: yeah and they they, ha- they have
0: their markdowns where they just cleared out or like one size left and I, i've even done stuff where i've i've bought it online for like these unique these like uh small local retail shops that have websites but most people might not visit mm-hmm. and then sold it on places like ebay grailed or depop yeah. which have the specific marketplace for these certain hype brands i don't know it's a-
1: you're the online you've been doing online arbitrage that's what it's called <laughs> in the like flipping space they call that online arbitrage where you're yeah. buying these stuff
0: online and then flipping it back online but i've definitely tra- like gone to thrift stores and like you know, found a Patagonia fleece, but it just would, it was, it is hard. Like sometimes I would buy something and then thrift stores are starting to price it higher too. It'd be like $10 at thrift store. Then you put it on eBay for 20, but then eBay takes 20% plus shipping. And then all of a sudden you broke even, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, what do you look for when you're, when you are going to buy versus not buy? So
1: either a past experience, something that I've sold in the past or heard of on Instagram from somebody. So either my past experience or somebody else's past experience that I've kind of consumed content from. And then i look at quality. i look at what their, where, what their price is. Condition is huge. Uh, brand is huge material, whatever it's made out of is huge. Cause certain materials have like an inherent value that's higher than others. Uh, For instance, like a cotton shirt from a certain brand or maybe like a leather, there are leather shirts, like super thin, like suede leather shirts, like a leather shirt from a certain brand already has that inherent material value that could make it uh, marked up more than what just a cotton shirt from another brand would be. So there's a whole, 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 like... World of things to look for. Country of origins, country of manufacturers. Um, you know, I think I already said craftsmanship, but quality is huge. Quality is, can take you so far in it. Just recognizing quality and figuring figuring to separate that from the trash, which is like 99.9% of the stuff out there.
0: Yeah. And I think this gets into, what would you say to the angle of like, oh, well, you're taking... Like you're going into the thrift store, you're buying all the stuff that you're not actually going to use and you're, and you're to be selling for profit. Have you considered this angle that, or have you seen this angle that people might get mad at?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, hate, the hate angle because you're taking it away from people in need.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I have my view on that, but what's your view on that? So
1: the people that, that hate on that don't understand like how thrift stores help people in need. Yes. There's the, the store f- factor of it where people are buying cheap goods. And then there's the back end where they're employing people with special needs. They're going to build houses for people that need houses and they need income for that. So by me buying from that thrift store, regardless of what I'm doing with the item, it's going to go to those, all those, whatever charity you're going to, what organization it's going to go to those uses. And I'm not buying everything from the thrift store. I'm buying a percent, a fraction of a percent of a percent. So if I buy one designer shirt or two designer pairs of boots, that's not taking anything away from somebody that needs a pair of boots. There are plenty of boots and the function of just covering your feet. Yeah. There's plenty of inventory at the thrift stores for that. So by me, cherry picking something and bringing it to a different market, I have zero like conscious, uh, obligation to, to like not do it at all. Yeah. I, I have yeah. no, there's no guilt, zero guilt. I've played that game before.
0: I mean, haters. are <laughs> just, they don't understand. Well, I, I agree. And the other thing too is like, yeah, like you are in some ways you're saving, like, let's say there's some really special pair of jeans um, that someone might not know and might just take and cut up for like a crafts project. But you're, you're, you are providing the service of allowing someone in Germany or someone who wanted it to who wasn't able to go to that thrift store in mm-hmm. wherever america to buy that special pair of item for them to wear and it's not like there isn't a hundred other pair of jeans for someone who just wanted jeans to cover exactly
1: you just needed the yeah. material to chop it up or to wear or whatever so
0: so that's where i think uh you do deserve to i guess I mean, make money as the middleman. That's yeah. That's is that a common right?
1: misconception? Do people like talk smack about people? No, <laughs> I just thing like, for profit.
0: I don't think so. I like to just uh approach all the angles. I think because um I don't know. One thing I do see is like people scanning books, like and like because I I go to library sales a lot. Basically, now when I go to thrift store, I just like go through the book section and I think people get hit, people hate on this book scanning people, and the I kind sellers. of sellers. I kind of can get why, because with books, it's more of like a, like a passionate thing. Like you're taking away a book from a child, (laughs) but, and even some stores, like when you go to a library sale, it'll be like, it'll say, you know, scanners welcome or scanners not welcome.
1: Oh, really? I haven't, I haven't gotten into like the, I've sold books, but I haven't gotten into it at scale where I'm like scanning and have all the software and, and everything like the Amazon book guys.
0: I think it's about the respect for the product which you seem to have it's like are you just buying in bulk throwing away whatever doesn't make profit and like it's not like that you're you respect the craftsmanship you respect and honestly uh if if I if anyone follows you on Instagram which I think people should I I you can learn a lot about like uh like the history almost or like the craftsmanship of different brands and like you know patagonia through the years or 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 two when it's true i always see, see <laughs> um,
1: that actually started from like a skateboarding thing like you would skate and then if you hit the trick and then you did it again you would say two and it's true and then i just took that and put it into thrifting what does that mean for thrifting uh, it just means you found like two of the same item or two of the same whatever. Because the thing is, is like normally people donate in bulk, right? So it's like, if you have a closet, normally you have two of the same brand or just two of the same s- style, but in different colors, you know, but then you donate it and then someone's going to go to the thrift store. And if you find one, normally you're going to find two.
0: Yeah. So you More often it's...
1: than not. It, d- it depends on the brand and
0: whatnot, but it happens a lot. Okay. So the other thing is once once you take, Okay, let's. you go to the thrift store. Back then there was only eBay, right? And it's not like you had your phone. Like now I can just go on my phone, look, it's sold. List. Oh, it's so
1: easy now. It's so easy.
0: But there's probably a lot, of, a lot of competition now, but there's also all these new platforms. Like there's eBay, Etsy, uh, Depop, Facebook Marketplace. Poshmark's huge for clothes. What are, what's your view on like when to use the different ones or which ones are you in favor of? And also you have like online shipping versus in-person meetups. What have you been kind of gravitating towards?
1: It, it totally depends on the item. So each platform kind of has its specific audience and eBay has been around the longest. So I believe their user base is the biggest. They've penetrated into global markets. So if you have something that you want a global market for, that would be usually where I would go would be to go to eBay. Poshmark is clothing. And I think they have home goods now and it's mostly women's eyes on there. So women's clothing tends to do better on Poshmark. Um, even with the name Posh, like you would want to sell kind of nicer things there. Uh, brand new with tags is what my wife does. She does the online arbitrage with brand new with tags stuff on Poshmark. So exactly what you were talking about. Like I've been just watching her buy buy these clearance markdowns and then flip them on Poshmark for, I don't know, anywhere between 50 to 100% profit sometimes or maybe like 30% on the low end. But so Poshmark, yeah, for like women's clothes. Uh, obviously, big, huge items. You're not going to want to ship. You're going to want to try to go locally. So that would be like Facebook Marketplace. You could do offer up or LetGo. I think offer up actually and LetGo are the same now. It's combined. Um, there's another one called Nextdoor, which is another kind of Craigslisty people around you kind of thing. So big, bulky items. You would want to go locally if possible. Um, and then depop and i've never sold on grailed but depop and grailed kind of seems like a younger hips hippie not hippie but like street weary <laughs> yeah, hip yeah hip crowd yeah i guess like
0: yeah i think so
1: gen z's um and then etsy i've thrown stuff on etsy that for for vintage clothing because etsy does have the global penetration they've been around for pretty long and they actually had less have less fees, so sometimes I'll throw vintage stuff on Etsy and uh, build a little Etsy shop. So it just totally depends on the item.
0: I feel like the local meetup, um, like let's say whenever I want to help like a relative or like my parents sell something, it's I feel like they're much more. Um, let's sell this, to, like hey, help me sell my old washing machine, or help me sell. Oh yeah, my <laughs> you have couch. to do the, the local. You, for you that. You have to do locals. What are some I mean, I feel like I've seen you on Instagram going a bunch of local meetups. What are some tips that you can give people on what to do and what not to do when listing for local meetup? How, like safety tips, also you know pricing and negotiation tips. How are how do you not get scammed? And oh, and, I just got scammed. <laughs> I think I saw that, so I should yeah. bring it up. <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't how do you dude, not dude. get scammed, and how do you get? your money's worth out of something and make everyone happy.
1: So you got to figure out your price point for your local market. And without experience, that's kind of hard to, to figure out, but you can kind of gauge if you know the brand of the washing machine and the, and the condition and the, or the brand of the couch, usually you could look up what the currently active market is. So I would look that up. And then make sure you take good photos because that's all the people are going to see. You're going to want good pictures. You're not going to want to take a picture of a couch with a bunch of dogs laying on it because that might not be what somebody wants is a bunch of dog hair on their couch. Um, definitely like highlight the positives about it. If it came from a smoke-free, pet-free home, good pictures, like I said, good pictures are the best thing that you can do. Finding your your price point. And then you can always scope high, right? You can always like price too high. And then somebody will come and negotiate. But once you price too low and somebody like is immediately coming to get it, it's kind of hard to walk back from that. You'd be like, uh, uh cancel and then relist it. And then the person's going to see that you put it up for, I don't know, a hundred dollars or $200 more. And then you got to realize like, are you trying to get rid of the item and you don't care about how much money you're making? Or are you actually trying to squeak out like how much money? Because sometimes just getting rid of stuff is more important to people than actually making or a breaking, getting close to breaking even on stuff. So try to figure out their, uh, the, the family members goals of getting rid of that item and what they would be okay with. Do your market research, uh, create a good listing, good description, good, good pictures and staying safe. You have to put into context of the item. So someone's not really going to try to scam you as much for a couch. If they're looking <laughs> up locally, if they're going to start talking like cashier's checks and like cousins going to come pick it up. Um, out of town, going to pay you like this deposit and get your, if they're like fishing for information, more than likely it's a scam. If uh, the profiles are brand new and it's like stock images of people, you can do like reverse Google searches on people's pictures and see if they just pulled it off of Google or something um, to see if that's a fake stock image, a brand new profile is a red flag. And whenever you meet up, you're supposed to meet up in public. You're supposed to not let people come to your house but of course with like furniture and stuff that's kind of um gonna have to happen so you kind of just have to look at their profile and judge them as hard as you can yeah um have somebody with you if you're at at home alone um when you meet up meet up in a public place in a well-lit area hopefully with cameras and if you're selling a Nintendo Switch at night, don't hand it to them through the, the door, the the window of the car, and have them drive off with it. So
0: is that the so you had someone drive off with a Nintendo Switch on?
1: Yeah, that was two weeks ago. That's a I've done hundreds, if not thousands, of local deals, and never had this happen to me. And I moved to Dallas and have a somebody to, to totally take advantage of my like trusting kindness yeah because i've done deals through car windows before because with coronavirus some people don't want to come out of their cars they're like weird about it um i've had women buy laptops from me that don't want to get out maybe because they're afraid of me someone said like don't get out of your car if it's a guy like i don't know but i've sold stuff to people through windows of cars before perfectly fine but this guy took his plates off uh was super sketch uh now that i look back at the messages like it's red flags all over he was in a hurry he was talking about like needing to get back to work. So he was creating this urgency. It was just total like red flag all the all over. And uh he just decided to give me a stack of cash that was only thirty dollars instead of three hundred and fifty dollars and drive off with it.
0: Yeah. Well I think that's uh there's definitely something to like just trusting and then sometimes you will get taken advantage of, but you I forgot the quote, but you know you'd rather that's the price you pay for like living your life believing in humanity yeah (laughs) i get
1: all these messages on instagram they're like you're such an idiot you need to be more careful you need to be more cautious of people like you need to not trust anybody i'm like i don't want to lose that i don't want to lose that i trust most people and if it costs me 350 bucks every 10 years i'm okay yeah
0: yeah that's what i was gonna say like um as long as you're mostly okay it's like it's a once in a while thing and it's better than living your whole life as like a skeptical, angry person. Yeah. I don't want
1: to, I don't want to just be cynical and thinking the worst of everybody. I want to be, I'm definitely gonna be smarter about it. Um, I should have judged his profile a little harder because there were a lot of pictures that were red flags, maybe holding uh, handguns and assault rifles in his pictures (laughs) and holding cash and all
0: the gang related
1: things. I probably should have judged that a little bit harder, but I try not to judge
0: what about some times where you've had unexpectedly nice interactions with strangers for uh, some opposite? Uh, <laughs> oh, Anyone I've invited had, you into I, their home for dinner?
1: No, I've never been invited to the home for dinner. I've, I want to say somebody's maybe like given me more money. Mm. I, it had to have happened before at some point where somebody gave me like an extra $5 for delivery or, or something. Um, I met up with somebody last year and she was gonna pay full price for a laptop and I was feeling generous. And I just gave her the laptop for free. She oh, wow. she cried. She was so happy. It was for she was uh I looked, I judged her profile. She didn't look like she had a bunch of money. Um, she she uh wanted to knock me on the price, but I told her no because I wanted that, like, okay, you're gonna, I'm gonna pay the full price. Like she because she said something like single parent. Uh, needed it for her daughter. So she was trying to knock me on the price, but I wanted to like stand firm. And then if she was going to pay, it, I was just going to give her the laptop. So I gave her the laptop.
0: That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, and you can afford to do that sometimes when maybe like you've got all this inventory and sometimes you just want to get rid of stuff or like, it's not like you bought everything at full price either, you know?
1: Yeah. I had maybe 10 or $15 into the laptop uh, from a pawn shop. And then it was maybe a 200, 180 to $200 um, sale. And then I had sold so many, laptops to where i was like i'm so blessed with this i'm just gonna i'm gonna help i'm gonna bless this person and just give it to them for free because they seem like they're struggling
0: a little bit that's really that's a, a heartwarming story <laughs> more people she, uh, to- yeah she was crying it was making me cry oh wow um yeah i think lately i used to buy and se- i used to just sell stuff but now if it's under a certain amount of time i will just donate it because if you really think about the time that it's taking me to like list and make ten dollars I just put it all in a big bag, donate it and consider it just because I could be like recording a new podcast episode or working on a new video that, um, yeah, you have to have your dollar amount and over time, my dollar amount has climbed.
1: Like I usually don't pick up items from thrift stores unless it's super easy to send into Amazon to sell or to make me at least like a $50 plus profit. Um, usually it's my, my price point. I'm trying to hit over $50 sales
0: yeah i think that's a really good point maybe not when you're just starting out but I, I do have relatives or or family that are like just come to my basement and let's just list everything let's garage sell everything I'm oh like, my gosh and i'm like well i mean yeah there probably is like hundreds of dollars of stuff in there but it's gonna take like a month to do all that you know yeah <laughs> so i don't no. know but um no. what about buying here's a, another one like so i i think i I like buying books a lot so I buy like 90% of my books used. Um th- I think people probably have a kind of stigma around like ah oh, this has germs on it or like this is dirty or like especially with clothes and especially with shoes. Like what is something that you won't buy used or, or I mean
1: buy? I'm pretty open to it because uh like I don't know. I I on trips where i like sleep on the floor outside and i'll not shower for days and days at a time when i'm on on one of my bike trips so for me it's like i think at a threshold it's like way higher than the normal person but usually you think with clothes the thing is people don't donate from their hamper they're donating from their closet with clean clothes most of the time Especially if it's quality stuff, like that person's going to have the common sense, like not to, to donate like filthy clothes. (laughs) They're going to donate things that are, that are cleaned, you know, Mm -hmm. or at least been washed and laundered, um, for shoes, not so much, but if, again, if it's like a quality shoe, you can spray it down and sanitize it, um, wash it in hot water if you want to do that. Um, but for me, I have such a high threshold. I think I'm an awful candidate for that.
0: Well, you you're still alive, right? You've never had any, yeah. I mean, maybe bugs.
1: I, no. I haven't had any like um, lice or bed bug encounters, but I have heard stuff from like horror stories from that kind of stuff. What are some Just scare everybody off from thrifting. Well,
0: What well, do you do? You, do you, do you wa- like you, as soon as you buy something, you wash it, you disinfect it, whatever?
1: Oh, uh, not really. You're like, like not me. <laughs> now I'm wearing a pair of pants that I bought from Salvation Army right now, and I didn't wear. I didn't wash them before I put them on.
0: But, I think that did they wash them there before? No,
1: no, they don't. But like I said, people are going to donate stuff. That's laundered. They're not going to donate stuff. That's from their hamper. So the, the, th- the stores don't wash it. It's, t- it would put way too much time into it. Um, and some stores are just cleaner than others. They, they really are like, they take in nicer stuff or they separate the, the super nasty stuff and just like, don't even put it on the floor and just put it in a gay Lord and send it on to wherever the next place down the, the, inventory line is i think eventually stuff gets exported to like mexico and to asia um if it's like sits here forever
0: yeah i i know that there's the regular salvation armies and then there's the uh, the bins that are just like by the pound and then i guess it just yeah the gets- way and pay
1: places there's are, are kind of like the next step if, if stuff is too dirty or
0: the yeah those places you got to wear gloves
1: those places you're going to have to sanitize the stuff a lot more and uh More so than the regular stores, but I don't know. I'm not picky about it. Like I have a pair of used shoes right here that I just picked up today on, on the way home.
0: Yeah. I think that's really, that's really cool to know. Like maybe not everyone had, everyone can go with their comfort level, but you know, on the, I've never
1: gotten sick. I've been doing it for over a decade.
0: (laughs) Yeah. On the economical side of things, like if you're worried about buying a used book or maybe buying a used jacket, like it's like, you can make it work, you know? Um, Yeah. But um what about furniture like
1: oh yeah Furni- furniture is it like it doesn't get much personal use, right like you're not getting a bunch of skin cells and like hair follicles on your furniture. It's all gonna be just sitting in somebody's uh, house or whatever but yeah, we just recently moved here and we've thrifted Facebook marketplace like
0: all of our furniture this is uh, back here, that, Facebook that marketplace yeah that's all. I think especially Facebook marketplace, you probably just have like moms and like stuff, selling stuff, people Um, moving
1: out, um, mom selling stuff and just stuff is, I don't know. It's like, it's so plentiful and people, it helps somebody else out when you're getting, getting it from them too. So, yeah,
0: Uh, it's nice. Like I hate certain, certain things. It just feels wrong buying new, especially like a book, like a, a new book is like $25 and you can find a used book for like $1. And people yeah. are sneezing all over those books when they're reading them. <laughs> um, but you, you mentioned something uh, on your channel. You have a lot of videos of you biking and traveling and sometimes incorporating thrifting, but like biking across Japan and and kind of having this nomadic lifestyle. What made you bike across Japan? <laughs> Which I've been to Japan. I love Japan. It's a uh my really wife. Fun.
1: Well, my my girlfriend at the time wanted to go to Japan. And I was like, if I'm gonna go to Japan, I'm gonna bring my bike. The visa's there three months. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay there and get my money's worth out of that ticket. So I've I've done bike trips in the past, uh, so I'm very experienced doing bike travel where um your audience probably has no idea what a bike touring is, but it's like when you pack up a bike with all your stuff, like your sleeping bag, your sleeping pad and you're kind of like self-supported and you go on a a trip, an adventure. So I, I had, I have plenty of experience in that. So I was like really wanting to look, look forward to doing it in Japan once she gave me like the the go-ahead that we were going. So I was just like brought my bike there, um, and invited a friend and yeah, just, it's such a safe country too. So it's like a great place to, to do it.
0: Do you support, have you thrifted and done the same buying thing internationally or not really when you're, Oh, we there?
1: stopped at a bunch of the secondhand shops in Japan. Yeah. Um, whenever I travel to another country, like that's on my bucket list is to look at their secondhand market. Either if it's like a flea market, like I've been to the flea markets in Thailand. Um, they have secondhand vintage markets in Thailand that are pretty cool. I've been to those uh, when I go to central or south america they have stores that are called like ropa americana and that's i think when they import all that stuff that doesn't get sold from thrift stores they they um sell it or maybe they import them from other people that are they're picking them i don't know exactly how they acquire their inventory but i always try to make that like part of my goal is to see like what the secondhand market scenes going on in those like i was in england um i don't even know it was pre covid i did a bike trip in the uk and i went to their op op. Op shops or thrift stores, charity shops, I think what they call them. And I actually put some stuff in my bike bags and brought it back home and sold it over here for profit.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, what has been, I have so much I want to ask you, but I I don't want to, I don't want to keep you all day. But, um, what's been your best like flip or find or one of your coolest stories? Did you, and also like what? On you right now it's been, is that mic thrifted is the mic is
1: thrifted it's still got the tags on it really okay that's well.
0: really cool i like that because you have a lot of people especially like maybe even in my audience that are like need like yeah um, my, almost apply. my
1: entire production setup is secondhand. uh the the webcam i went and got today but i usually have a thrifted webcam but i sold them all because they skyrocketed during covid mm-hmm. when everyone went to zoom and, and office meetings and whatnot from webcams. So those, I sold out all my webcams. Um, Microphones drifted, paid $699 for this. Keep, I keep the tag on it for the badge of honor. <laughs> um, the laptop from a pawn shop. It's a 2019 MacBook Pro 15-inch i9 processor. It's like It was probably like a $35 or $3,800 computer just uh, a little over a year ago and I paid, I think $800 for it, something like that. You've seen me pick up G7 X's whenever I pick up a a camera on my Instagram story, you're always like sending (laughs) me like the fire swipe up or something.
0: Uh, Yeah. Especially. So if anyone wants like more technical guides, like definitely just, just follow Eric on Instagram or and YouTube. And and, yeah, I try uh, to
1: put a little uh, Instagram's really like where put a little piece of everything out there. YouTube is very, uh, how-to tutorials right now like a lot of hardware and software tutorials like installation for stuff and it's taken me like a decade to evolve into that like it really has and i'm finally after like a year of putting well after like 10 years but a year of doing this type of content like seeing success so
0: yeah how, how have you found so you've experimented from like all types of life hacks and thrifting and flipping and i think you just kind of hit on something in this market with like uh, doing printer. Tutors. Yeah.
1: Printers and shipping, like, uh, especially with e-com with COVID people are, are staying at home and e- e-com's getting even more popular because everyone wants to start at home business. And a lot of people don't know anything about shipping. So I was bringing content, like teaching people about shipping rather than showing them a vlog about my life. Like the vlogs are cool. I like doing vlog because it's a great documentation that I can show my grandkids. Like, yo, your grandpa did this. This was pretty fun. This was pretty cool. But the the bringing value in an educational way has it it has its uh i don't know i guess like inherent value itself and it's really it's really been better for uh, monetarily and just like with channel growth i guess
0: yeah you bring up a good point like not everyone wants to just watch your day but if you're able to help someone with something that they're having a problem with consistently then you can it is a little bit more sustainable and could have provide more growth i think but uh so where you're at right now like how would you break down how you're able to to make a living and have a and and like do your lifestyle versus because in between like youtube and flipping and you are still a licensed pharmacist like what's your breakdown because i think a lot of people think like income, income like, like my income pie or i guess like yeah, like um, how you're able to sustain your your life because a lot of people I think go like all or nothing YouTube, you know, or like all in YouTube or nothing or bust. You yeah, know?
1: I went like a lot of different income ways. You you they always say don't put all your eggs in one basket, so don't throw like all everything at YouTube. But if you did do that and you have like the talent for it, then it'll probably happen if you go hard enough, long enough. Uh, for me personally. I didn't see success at YouTube for, for years and years and years and years, um,
0: but I right now I
1: do we are we going like over income streams or
0: yeah you don't have to like uh, I just think it would be valuable for someone to know like
1: yeah like different income hedge your risk like head, you can hedge your risk different ways you can hedge your risk with. Selling physical products from thrift stores and garage sales. Gary V is super popular, right? Right now, they probably like. I'm sure your audience has popped onto Gary V. Um, yeah, he's been doing the garage sale things. Yeah, for the garage sale stuff. He's really, he, Gary V's really good at getting people excited. He's not really good at showing like the nitty gritty about it. And I think that's what I I bring to Instagram is showing like a lot more nitty gritty specific tips rather than just like buy every mug you see at a garage sale. <laughs> like I try to say like. like uh, you want to get like 1% of 1% of the mugs. Cause most mugs are not going to be worth your time of, of anything. So, yeah. But if you have enough things in your brain, you usually can find something and it's just figuring all that out over time. Um,
0: so how would but, you say yeah, your risk? Are you like main, like, okay. So would you say most income coming from flipping and then a little bit from YouTube and then it shifted completely. Um, I've just been putting more time into YouTube,
1: so more has been coming from YouTube, and I've been putting less time into eBay and Amazon. Uh, Amazon used to be the most for me at one point of my life when I was like going super hard. It's whatever I go super hard into, so Amazon um, or eBay, but it's actually scaled back. I'm getting way more off of anything generated from YouTube right now than uh, even from flipping stuff.
0: That's really cool. Yeah.
1: So you've yeah, been it's able finally to finally shifted to where. And I like see, okay, well I put this one video out and it's been paying me for years. And I, I, I think thrifting was actually like holding me back from creating YouTube content because I would always want to go thrift. And I like kind of went overboard with it. And now I'm like scaling that back and focusing more on content that we'll be able to perform in the future. And I've had like, a lot of success with like, re- I even do repair videos. I've done uh, electronic repairs, which coincides with thrifting because sometimes I'll thrift something that's broken and then I'll think of, okay, how can I bring this content to make a valuable piece of video for YouTube? I'll do a bunch of research on how to fix it. And I'll use what I already know, create a a repair tutorial for this. Um, I've been learning a lot about SEO, so I'm ranking a lot better than some of the crap content that's out there or I'll make it a little bit better with, with better audio or better video. And then I'll rank. And then that video will now create its own little stream of income because I thrifted that item or I got it from a pawn shop or whatever.
0: Yeah. I think that's really, that's really interesting. Um, Fixing your own problems. Like that's a, and no matter what niche you're in, and no matter what, sometimes that's how I come up with my best video ideas. So was like, I was doing something for myself or even for a client. And I was like, oh, I should make a video about how I fix, how to, how to do that certain edit because, and those end, end up taking off instead of just randomly trying to come up with ideas from the ether.
1: It really is. It's just problem solving. And I've gone so through so much of my life with an out understanding that that, that is one of my strengths. And if I would have realized that like 10 years ago, I think my YouTube would exponentially have already grown, but I, it took me a decade to figure out all my friends telling me, dude, you're like a professional problem solver to like start trying to monetize the problem solving and how patient I am and how I can work with my hands. Like to figure out all these strengths took me so long in my life to where now I'm finally getting traction on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say, um, Throughout, I mean, I follow a bunch of different channels, but yeah, there, there was something, some some unique quality about you that made me subscribe early. And uh, I just enjoy all the different little weird niches and stories and little things you're doing uh, on Instagram and YouTube. I which, appreciate that, man. Yeah, you, you do have this like a uh, weird perspective of what it is. Not weird, but like this cool, like problem solving guy that like maybe I would never sit there and like repair like all the all the buttons on something but I find it interesting that you do so I I think that's a for anyone listening they can definitely appreciate seeing your journey or if they haven't been maybe if if some of this stuff is interesting to them following along on your journey from here because I do still think you 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 have a lot of room to grow and uh, it has been a long journey but what is your plans for the next decade it's just 2021 (laughs) i gotta get that silver play button (laughs) the next year i think you got it i think once once you get past like 20 or 30 it just kind of like clicks but yeah i'm so linear though
1: i'm i'm so linear when it comes to everything
0: but i think that's good it keeps me very
1: humble and uh i don't know uh it's just gonna take take a while in the next decade but uh i gotta get that just as a goal i guess you have to have some sort of metric um and i gotta surpass pharmacy pay with with just like pass like truly passive income do you still like do that's a personal stuff no i haven't done pharmacy in like two years okay yeah uh, i i've worked contracts in the past like i worked if we want to get into like the whole like history of going to college and stuff i i did work um Walgreens. well your name is
0: the college picker
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I did work Walgreens for six months out of school and then I did some contracts, but most of that was to pay off my student loans and to like save up some money to, for a uh, down payment on a property or something. And I have a lot of investments from some of the work that I had done, but it was mostly to pay back my student loans, like go to school so you can get debt. So you can work to pay off that
0: debt. Well, would you recommend uh, college as the college picker? Well, so I know not it totally depends. Go as hard as as you on the side hustles and yeah. hustles things, but
1: yeah, you don't have to go to school for uh, seven years or eight years. Uh, figure out what you like. It, it hedged my risk. Like, it really did. If something doesn't work, if, like, if YouTube doesn't work out and flipping doesn't work out, then I can fall back on that degree. And I I learned a lot when I was in school. Like, I learned a lot about what I do, actually, with the, with paying attention to detail is what pharmacists are really good at. Like, we're really good at paying attention to detail, and they teach you that in school school and kind of train you like that. And that's really good for repairing things and paying attention to like little things that are required to recognize quality or even just doing a video edit. Like paying attention to details, like an important skill, it, it overlaps with a lot of parts of life.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really reasonable perspective. Um, pay $80,000. Yeah. I'll teach you how to pay attention to detail. <laughs> well, maybe not that that thing and the money thing, like, uh, i went to a cheap school too i
1: went to the cheap one of the cheapest schools in the nation if you go to a a, like a a higher higher regarded school it's gonna be like quarter million dollars easy
0: yeah well that's the one thing i haven't figured out how to fix either it's like how do we fix the school system but we're not gonna be able to fix that today (laughs) but um yeah so uh i think we touched on a lot there's definitely wait um You still never said your best one flip for five. Oh, the best one flip. So it was the uh,
1: type two jean jacket, the uh, quilted line type two Levi's jacket. I picked it. I have a video on my YouTube channel where I picked it up. I kind of tell the story about it. Picked it up at a yard sale for $1.50, posted it on Etsy of all places because I wanted the the lower fees, the global market and no competition because like nobody had that jacket on Etsy. It was from the early 50s. 50s um had some messages from people that were buying it to flip it but i wanted to just hold out for that right buyer and i ended up selling it for 5700
0: wow that, so is that was
1: insane a dollar 50 to 5700 that was my best flip and i have a picture of the guy who bought it on my instagram he sent me a, a picture he was in japan
0: we had to like
1: talk through translator
0: he was we were... a japanese guy yeah, it was a japanese buyer yeah they, they love the vintage, vintage american denim, denim and stuff yeah but yeah, so if anyone wants to check out, if any of this sounds interesting, check out all these different stories. You can go subscribe to Eric on YouTube at The College Picker and definitely follow him, The College Picker, on Instagram. I'll leave all the links below. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for coming on. Any final things, any final calls to action that you want? To get out?
1: <laughs> no, thanks for having me. If anyone has any questions about uh, flipping or anything, I'm most active on Instagram. So if somebody sends me a dm i will get to my dms like justin gets all his dms
0: yeah yeah uh, so closing this out thanks for everyone that watched if you guys ever if you do have a question or you just want to get in touch uh, let us know how you like the episode feel free to message either of us we're both pretty responsive Um, and if you enjoyed the show you can check out the rest of the episodes at the justin od show podcast on youtube itunes spotify whatever all your thumbs up comments messages ratings they all help so Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you guys in the next episode.